0: Let's get to it. This is Seppi Podcast. show, streaming only here on WNSC radio, Andrew Luck, all of a sudden, after the age of 29, he retires, something that sent shockwaves, not only to the sports world, but pretty much all forms of art around the U.S., and then week three action in preseason, The starters, all of a sudden, played more than a half with Dissect That and also some NBA news. Greetings, everyone, on a late evening here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. This is the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming here inside its studios at WNSC, here with my man, my ride partner, Michael Gray with us, out there from the DMV area. We had some, uh, you know, difficulties at first, but Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you back on with us. Yeah, always. Always a pleasure.
1: You know, anytime something goes on, we always find a way to make it happen. You know, it's
0: always something we can do. You know, technology nowadays is always, you know, different alleyways you can find out how to do stuff. So I'm glad we got a chance to make it work. Definitely there, definitely there, Mike. And just to... To start off w- with you there, uh, you know, technology nowadays is vastly expand. You want to talk about, you know, from the days of, like, Alexander Bell with the Telegraph to Thomas Edison. Well, now I'm pretty sure if they had the genius strategic tactics that we have now with technology, they, they'd probably be magicians now, right? They still would, man. It's, it's crazy what,
1: what the times we in now and- Listen, when, when you look at where we, where
0: we are now To where we were 20 years from now Just, just imagine where we will be 20 years in the future <laughs> Like from technology wise crazy Yeah everybody uh, riding on uh, What was it J.R. Smith riding on Those little uh, roly-poly-oly things What, what are those, those uh, uh, I, I want to say I, I want to say like um, th- Those robotic roly things Isn't it like a, a hoverboard or something like that? I think so. I
1: think
0: it is a hoverboard. Yeah, It's one of those, those, those new yeah. devices that they got out there. Yeah, the, yeah, This there's a stat I saw a couple uh, year weeks ago or something, maybe months ago. Everybody, everything's going to turn to robotics. People aren't going to walk anymore if you're going to have hoverboard type things. So that should be pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. But then again, where does the exercise and the laziness, That's that, that creates laziness there as well. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah that's, yeah, that's how they try to get that's how So that's exactly how to get you there. Well, one guy for sure that we know that wasn't lazy at all, Andrew Luck. I mean, you want to talk about toughness personified. A lot of his peers, you're talking about opponents, Terrell Suggs to Ellis Dumerville to Von Miller, some of the premier pass rushers the league has ever seen hitting. Andrew Luck, you know, earlier on in his career, the coach's offensive line was very woeful. They used to really feast on on that offensive line. And when they got their hands on Andrew Luck and brought him on the floor, Andrew was always the first one to slap him on the head and tell him, great hit. Toughness personified when you think about Andrew Luck. Well, early on this week, maybe about forty hour, 48 hours ago, at the game, Mike, how, how crazy is this? At the game, the third preseason game with Jacoby Brissett <laughs> starting, on uh, uh, actually the third string starting, Jacoby Brissett was on the sideline. Andrew Luck's having a, Private conversation with Jacoby Brissett saying that he's retiring. Well, Jacoby over here is laughing it off, thinking that, <laughs> "Are you crazy? Like, come on, man, we've got Super Bowl aspirations this season. I mean, you're the man. You're Andrew Luck, and so you're the heir apparent to Peyton Manning in Peyton Manning's building. There's no way you're retiring. Well, I, ideally, you know what they say when 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 the duck uh, jokes with the coyotes. Sometimes the coyotes are actually true. After then. <clears throat> Right after that, we see Andrew Luck walking off into the tunnel, into the locker room, while the Colts fans are boring. him. And that just sent shockwaves, Mike. I mean, Andrew Luck, all he's done in his first, what, six, seven seasons is been dynamite. Uh, and take, take a listen to this, Mike. He's one of three passers in their first six seasons to get, uh, to get I think, almost about 30,000 yards uh, passing. And also, he has 171 touchdowns in six seasons. That's third fastest behind Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. So Andrew Luck is in that elite company, and it's it's short lived. What do you have to say about this, Mike? Uh, well, just like everybody
1: else, I was shocked when I when I first heard the news. I was sitting at a uh, uh, Olive Garden, I believe it was, uh, one of those restaurants, and I was eating I was eating down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, I, and I, my brother said it. My brother said the news, and I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, nah, no way, you're joking. Then then we saw it verified from Adam Simpson, you know, that comes from Adam Simpson, yeah, it's the truth. So I was like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like, the initial reaction was crazy. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. But then, you know, I, I started to, you know, look it up and really look into it. And, you know, I understand it, man. sometimes, you know, when we make a decision like this, sometimes it can be, I know it's not the decision, but this is something that was planned. This is something that Andrew Luck didn't just come up with on Saturday afternoon. He was, was, he's been thinking about this probably ever since the uh, ankle injury, if anything. And it's been some time now. And I know for a fact that you know it's one of those dicey situations where sometimes, yes, I know, I know people look at it from the perspective of, yeah, he it happened on when he was on the sideline of that third preseason game. But sometimes when you make a decision like this, when it doesn't matter where you are. If the timing is right in your, in your opinion, they're going to make it happen. Seb Young, I'm going to bring you back to a story about when I, when I stopped playing football. I stopped playing football back in 2017, and I made my announcement.
0: there. I I was actually coming up with the all, all, uh, you know, early retired team Uh, that featured Andrew Luck now in the list. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, who earlier on this week as well, maybe a, a day ago, mentioned that he's doing very well right now, but he needed a break because of all those hits that he had. He, he had the shoulder, the back, the, the, the two back surgeries that he had from New England. So he needed to take a break off. I had Calvin Johnson as well, um, although he didn't have all those injuries as well. But he's such a big physical specimen like him. He took all those lower hits like Gronk, and so that really derailed his um, early on in his career. And so I was <laughs> kind of coming up with my early, uh, you know, um, kind of... A retired team. Barry Sanders was on there. He retired at 31. Lord knows what Barry Sanders would have done if he kept playing basketball, kept, kept playing football. And so uh, that's 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 just some of the greatest players that comes up to you. But let's focus here on Andrew Luck. I mean, he's got the back. He had the calf. He had the concussions. Uh, you know, with, with a guy like that, 265, 240, mobility is a lot of things. And I think you know, that's what really separated him with, with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, as cerebral post-snap and pre-snap he was with the audibles. He wasn't the athlete that Andrew Luck is with his mobility. There's a lot of clips you can look on YouTube or go back on NFL Network and see just uh, just Andrew Luck buying time because if his offensive line is just abysmal and they can't, they, they, they can't hold up. And so he's had to scramble, make plays, look downfield for guys like T.Y. Hilton, on deep balls or even scramble for first down and then get punished uh whether that be walk uh you know scrambling towards the sideline or just trying to die for a first down and get concussed and so all of those you know the totality of the hits that he was getting I think that all of that kind of caught up to him and, and stuff and so it took until last year where I thought that it, Statistic, he had one of his best seasons 39 touchdowns only 15 interceptions. Where they brought in Quentin Nelson, the sixth overall pick uh, from Notre Dame, to solidify that with Anthony Constazzo and others. And so it took him that long to get a guy like this in offensive line. And the only guy that the Indianapolis Colts have to blame for this is Jim Mercy. They're, they're, they're yeah. you know what I'm saying? They're their owner. You know, you have to, uh, Chuck Pagano as well. Because I, I can't blame Frank Wright, because Frank Wright was a rookie head coach last year, and he's the reigning coach of the year. We saw what he did in his first Mark. season last year. So I can't blame Frank Wright. He he did what he had to do. He knew Andrew Luck was his prized possession at quarterback, and he knew that if the Indianapolis go as Andrew Luck go, what do he do? He drafted Quentin Nelson six overall. So I blame this on Jim Irsay and the Chuck Pagano era, because... What they've done to Andrew Luck is malpractice, Mike. What they've done to Andrew Luck, who I I thought that, again, he's the engine that makes the Indianapolis Colts run. The Indianapolis Colts were two and fifty, two and fourteen, Mike. That last season, uh, that that season where, um, Peyton Manning, you know, broke records with that fifty-five touchdowns. He lost in the Super Bowl to to the Seahawks. Remember that year? The, the, the 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 Colts were two and fourteen, and then the year after they draft Andrew Luck, and all he went went eleven and five that following season, and got him to the playoffs. That's the difference between two and fourteen and eleven and five. A franchise quarterback like that, and to you know, to give malpractice to a guy like that, not give him an offensive line. The owners only have them. The, the Colts only have themselves to blame. You know what I'm saying? Or Jim Say and P- Chuck Pagano have themselves to blame and don't even get me started about the fans boo and Andrew Luck I mean come on now guys come on Andrew Luck it, you guys aren't even in postseason position without number 12 under center and so I understand the frustration you know what I'm saying he you know he's coming off from an amazing year you guys were top 10 on offense last year top 10 on defense rookie defense of the year Darius Leonard coming back one of Mike's favorite players you guys had Super aspirations <laughs> You got to come for where Andrew Luck's coming from. You know, the last four seasons in particular, two, two back surgeries, a calf, uh, uh, an ankle this year, uh, going to concussion protocols, all of that isn't easy, Mike, and that really takes a toll on you, and I think that's what really derailed Andrew Luck. That's
1: exactly what derailed Andrew Luck and the fans, boy, that just shows you uh, the, uh, the mentality that, that the average, the uh, majority of these fans have. You know they, they love you and they will cheer for you as long as you can. As, 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 until you can't do for them anymore. Until you can't entertain them anymore. Until you're no longer uh, uh, of value to them, of meaning to them. I mean, the fact that they pulled that man off off of, off of the field that's as ridiculous. I mean, they, they, nobody knows what what Andrew Luck has gone through in Indianapolis more than Colts fans. They've been there the whole time. They were there the whole time for Peyton. They were there the whole time uh, the year after Peyton left, and they were there when Andrew Luck got drafted. And then the entire six seasons, they know every injury he's been through, every uh, every situation he's been through. So for them to boo him in that situation, is you're it's right. It's downright disrespectful. It's downright disrespectful. It's no grade, and it's no place for that. It almost reminds me. Um, it almost reminds me of the situation. I know it's a, it's a, it's a big difference, but it almost reminds me of how uh, how we, we got on the Toronto fans for KD when he got hurt. Yeah.
0: It, 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 it's just, it's just low grade. You know what I mean? It's, it,
1: it's, it's not, it's not a good look at all for you. And yeah, know, you it's, it's really uncalled there. for. You, yep it, It's, it's uncalled for. You boost some, you boost somebody that's put in so much work for you. He's, he sacrifices, he sacrifices his body and his life for you every Sunday. Andrew doesn't miss games unless he's hurt. Like he go out there, he'll play with a broken this, uh, uh, messed up this, or a sprained ankle this, or anything. He'll go out there, he'll fight for this team, and that's what he's been doing. It's not his fault that he hasn't had a great offensive line. It's not his fault that he hasn't had a consistent running game that he's been there. It's not his fault that he yeah. hasn't had a consistent defense since he's been there. The defense has just got, got got good last year. Before that, the defense that was in Indianapolis, I mean, please don't get me started. I
0: mean, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't up. good, Mike. Nope.
1: You can't. You can't make this stuff up. And Andrew Luck has been the constant for this team ever since he's been drafted. To show him that disrespect in that moment. No, and I've I've heard some people on ESPN. I've heard some people say that in that. Phone
0: This reminds me of Peyton Manning. This reminds me of Peyton Manning. Remember when he had that neck injury, right? Uh, you know, after yeah. the 2010 season, Peyton Manning in that building, you know, the, pretty much Indianapolis is Peyton Manning for all those years inside that dome. And then when he had that neck injury, he wasn't the same. And so that really deterred him. And he, he had one of those Kawhi Leonard modes. He said he didn't want to be here. The medical staff was a little bit, you know, inconsistent. And that's what enabled John Elway to gamble, and of course made that blockbuster uh, trade in free not free agency, but to trade for Peyton Manning to go to Denver, and so that kind of reminds me. So this this has been an ongoing thing since the early 2000s. You know, mind you, Peyton Manning was number one overall pick in 1998. You know, Andrew Luck was number one overall pick in 2012, and so (laughs) that that doesn't happen for 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 a, a franchise. There's not an NFL franchise that can say we had a chance to pick Peyton Manning number one overall pick and Andrew Luck number one overall pick. That, that's a, a, a jack of all trades. <laughs> that really never happens. You got, you, you guys had two great franchise alter, alter, changing players that you guys couldn't, you know, protect under center a, a, at all. When I think about Andrew Luck, Mike, I think about one of the greatest competitors whom ever lived. You know, again, yeah. I brought up some of those guys. I, there was a play where I, I remember, you know, Terrell Suggs, and that's a big boy, coming after you and really got a good lick at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's getting up first and said, boy, great hit. And you would think a quarterback right. would say, I mean, you would think right. a quarterback in this era would be, you know, reprimanding with the with the refs and saying, where's, where's 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 my extra 15 yards? You know what I'm saying? But Andrew Luck right. just... just just a, a gamer. That's what I think. Andrew Luck is a gamer. And and what I think about him is toughness personified, like I said, ultimate competitor. And, of course, some of his great greatest moments. You know, we, we, we got to look back. One game that stood out to me the most was this man in the fourth quarter. One, one of the best closers the game ever had in game-tying game or game-winning drives. They were down 28 against the Chiefs in uh, the 2014 divisional round game against Alex Smith. I mean, Jamal Charles was just having a field day, and then in a blink of an eye, Andrew Luck marches the Colts back into the game, and they ultimately win the game 45-44. That's going to go down as one of the greatest postseason games ever. You know, when the game is on the line, he was absolutely a gamer as well. And so, Mike, I got to ask you this. Where, where, do the, where do the Colts come from here? Bill Parcells is a huge fan of uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, he came from that Bill Belichick tree, so we know that he can play. You know, uh, the, the year that he started, he had 13 touchdowns to so seven interceptions. Not bad for a backup, but but there is some talent in this team. T.Y. Hilton is still a constant. He's still a deep threat and one of the more deep threats in the game. They drafted uh, Paris Campbell out of Ohio State, another speedster out-wise, and Devin Funches as well, and Eric Ebron came out last year and really showed out. I don't know how the lines let him go, Mike, but uh he had thirteen touchdowns as a tight end that led all AFC tight ends and so um he coming from that Pro Bowl season, there's some talent here. Where do the Colts come from here? Well I think, I
1: think what they have to do is they have to assess they have to see how good Jacoby Bassett looks this season. And, uh,
0: and from there they can make their move to see, well, do we need to draft a quarterback is this, quarterback? Is, this is this the tank is this the tank year, Mike, where you tank and you luck in oh, and no. see if you can get Trevor Lawrence or maybe oh. two attack next year or maybe Justin Herbert from Oregon. Is do they do do they go to that or do they because I, I still I think know, they've got a great roster? Is, I, think, I think there's too much
1: talent and too much uh experience on this roster for you to be tanking. This team with, even even without Andrew Luck, this team can still, depending on how good Jacoby Brissett plays this year, they can still have potentially make the playoffs. I don't see them winning the division, I, I, but I but I still see them making the making the playoffs for sure because they they they, they have special they have a special team. Like I said, this defense can carry this, de- this defense can be the focal point, and players on that defense can step up and make some noise and really carry this team. Like you said, they have weapons on the outside. They have a solid running game with uh, with Matt and Hyde you know, from NC State, so I, I, I know. I know. At the end of the day, yes, and they don't have number twelve back there, but at the same time, Jacoby Brissett, I believe that he can be a, a, a solid quarterback. You know, he can he can manage he can manage the game, make some nice throws down the field, and if he takes that next step, to boy, he's a he, he's elevated himself to possibly a franchise quarterback. Who knows? This Indianapolis Colts team can definitely make some noise, but I don't know. I don't. I think this roster is too deep and they're too loaded to be tanky.
0: I think they I think they should definitely go for it and see how see how far they can go with this thing. Because you never know until you're trying. You know who knows Jacob Persective can can be can, can have improved from the last time he played. Absolutely there especially with a
1: great offensive line now with guys yeah. like Quentin Nelson, Anthony Constanzo as well. But my this it's to almost, me Good February it's almost to the point where it's like there's so much sound around this team right now, especially the offensive line solid running game, the, the weapons outside of the top 10 defense, that it, it's, it's almost to the point now where it's, they're going to be looking at Jacoby Bissett like, okay, it's on you. What are, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like it's, that, 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 that's how good this roster is. So I think I think it, it really depends
0: on how how far and what steps Jacoby Bissett is going to take this year. Right, right. And I think we came to the season thinking that there's just a handful of teams in the AFC that could probably derail New England. And maybe be Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl uh, in Super Bowl contention in the NFC. Obviously, the Chiefs are there with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Chargers are always knocking on the door, and, and I thought the Colts were one of those teams. So you go from Andrew Luck a Super Bowl contention, team, Super Bowl contender to maybe a team just making it into the playoffs. And, and again, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think this team has a lot of talent. I love their roster. Marlon Mack can run the football. Um, they've got some nasty guys up front, led by Quentin Nelson, as I mentioned. Um, and, and they've got speeches out wide you know Paris Campbell can really take the top off of defense as well and so I don't think it's it, it's a tanking year per se for Indianapolis Cup. but you know what now Mike we get to evaluate Frank Wright you know it's nice to have an insurance policy like Andrew Luck to just give the keys to and say hey, hey orchestrate the offense don't, don't get me wrong Frank Wright is a great great offensive caller and Well-deserved for winning coach of the year last year. But this is now we get to see how he coaches the other aspects of the game. No more Andrew Luck. So when you're in trouble, you don't have number 12 to save you. So now we get to see how he manages a a guy like Jacoby Brissett. Is he going to simplify the game? Are they going to run the football more? Are they going to be more balanced? Or are they just going to uh, open up the playbook and let Jacoby Brissett see and play out of the gun and so I my eyes are on Frank right now this is where you really get to analyze coaches when things go bad when things get tight when injuries happen we get to see who are the real coaches and who were just lucked out because of some great talent and so I'm gonna keep my eye on that Mike yeah for sure so, yeah, that yeah, definitely
1: definitely is definitely a year that um Frank Wright might have to put some pieces together and, and put some put some things in place and start putting players in position to be successful. And you know you're absolutely right. only when you don't have a security blanket, uh, you, you definitely have to have to uh, go go back to the film board and and and, and definitely assess some things. But um, I, I believe in Frank Wright. I believe in this coach team. I think they can squeeze their way into the playoffs possibly. And uh, and possibly um, who, who knows <laughs> once you get in, who knows. But um, you know I, you're right.
0: It's a trying year for Frank Wright. And we'll see what It's funny because right now, somewhere out there in Duval, I know the Jacksonville Jaguars and insane. Maybe we have something to say about that. Maybe in the Houston Texans. I know they have no offensive line. But Deshaun the Watson, uh, they're probably smelling blood as if a, this is a golden opportunity. But Alright to Andrew Luck as he retires And just a historic and monumental career. Number 12. This is the Sebi Podcast Radio Show streaming here on WNSC Radio. He Hot by Gunner here on the track, there. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Myself and Michael Gray. Our second segment today, guys, is proud and, and sponsored by RDV Sportsplex. That's right, RDV Sportsplex. The largest sports complex in the Central Florida area, hands down. And it is pie far by a landslide from all sporting event facilities in there. Maximizing a size of 38 acres wide RDV Sportsplex Miss Stephanie Org And all of her staff Has invited everybody in the Orlando community To go out there for all of your fitness needs Whether that be to gain weight To lose weight To get active Whether that be cardiovascular activities RDV Sportsplex That's right The place for you And tell him Sebi from the Sebi Podcast Show sent you. And Mike, we're going to go ahead and recap here. Preseason week three. The NFL season is just around the corner. We're about, I believe now, nine days away. Um, (laughs) You know, I can't start talking about week three right now because I know Mike's getting a little bit antsy by what he's been seeing by Daniel Jones in the Big Apple. Uh, Daniel Jones highly scrutinized by the Giants, picking him six overall. And all he's done thus far, granted, it's with the second and third strings. He's looked awfully impressive. He's had his highs and lows, but really stepped up thus far in preseason and had another great uh, at it. You know, Pat Shermer came out, and I guess, you know, the New York media is crazy on people. They're saying, Daniel Jones looking this good. Why is he ain't getting reps with the first team? And so, Mike, I bring this to you, Mike. (laughs) Is the Eli Manning era in the Big Apple coming to a close? Is Eli Manning's window in, you know, in the big city, in the Big Apple coming to a close? Because there's speculations out there. If in the first four or five weeks they don't look good, can we see a quarterback change, Mike? Eli Manning is on his way out.
1: Is almost, his career is almost over. He's been in the league for a long time but he's just got the same quarterback that he used to be. put it like this. You know how much I love my Giants. When it comes to the New York Giants and this pick with Daniel Jones, I'm going to be harsh on this guy. I'm going to be very harsh on this guy because we
0: took him at number six. We took him at number six so I expect big things from him. He better turn out a, like, a Hall of so Famer, like. anything. The minds of the big blue in New York for sure, and so we're gonna keep an eyes on that. But most likely, I believe Pat Shermer should name Eli Manning the starting
1: quarterback.
0: Okay, there he goes. Well, you heard it from Mike there first. There, from awesome, awesome there. So you heard it from Mike, Michael Gray himself, Eli Manning, D. Starter for the New York Giants, and from there, from New York, we go to Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh is looked awfully impressive. They said that the one hundred and eleven catches that Juju Smith-Schuster had last year and fourteen touchdown receptions. They said all of that was a product of Antonio Brown getting doubled and triple team. What is he gonna do now with Antonio Brown gone and him the focal point of the offense? Well, thus far in preseason, it it was a, a, a it was a half. Big Ben to Juju Smith-Suster, 17 yards in LP Field at the Nissan Stadium in Tennessee. That was broadcast on Sunday Night Football by Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels there. And the Steelers' defense, Mike, I don't want to make it early, but Devin Bush has obviously stood out into a couple of other pieces as well. But the combination of Big Ben to Juju and complementary play with the defense. Could that be the recipe for the Pittsburgh Steelers to potentially be successful this season?
1: It's definitely the recipe and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Sandy, I don't think it's premature. I think this Steelers' defense is going to be dangerous this year. To be honest with you, Sandy, their front seven has always been solid. The problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers over the past two seasons has been the back half, right? Right. And I think they've turned up, they've drafting a corner opposite of Joe Hayden. You know, uh, I think I think they'll be fine this year, and I think I think that front seven is so lethal that they'll make up for any of the uh, the discrepancies or the lack or the lack of um, you know continuity that, that the secondary might have this season. But I know for a fact
0: that front seven especially, is special. Devin Bushes, Devin Bushes, just continues to amaze me. They got some talent, oh, Mike, TJ White, and others.
1: Oh my goodness, they got they have a lot of talent. That front seven is it, it can match up against any any other front seven. Remember, Baltimore is going to be tight. But I, but, I, but I would give the nod to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you're
0: absolutely right, man. This defense is scary. I think this defense, this going to be the best defense we've seen for the Steelers in recent, in recent memory. Definitely there. The Pittsburgh Steelers will look good. And a year last year where the Pittsburgh Steelers really underachieve, people forgot Ben Roethlisberger led the league in passing yards. And so he won the passing title last year. Obviously having guys like Juju and A.B. helps throwing the ball too as well but i gotta agree with you mike as well definitely there um you know pittsburgh to me they have the best offensive line in the afc one can say the the tennessee titans but to me you've got three pro bowl caliber players there you've got the castro at right tackle you've got james Villanueva, and of course mike pouncey the all pro i believe one day hall of famer center that yeah. that yeah. Uh, that is under snap for Ben Roethlisberger, and you saw. It, it doesn't matter what running back is there. Le'Veon Bell obviously feasted. Le'Veon, Bell, as great as he is, you know, a lot doesn't get credited because of that great offensive line that he is, that he that All he's right. had. And so we saw a guy like James Conner, who was from Pittsburgh, who went to school in Pittsburgh in college, really benefit off of that as well uh, last season. And so I, I think they're going to be complimentary this year. They're going to run the football. They're going to be able to play, do play action uh, off of that and, and get guys like like you mentioned. Juju may be getting a lot of the assignments and the attention of the defense, but that's going to open up holes for, in the middle for Vance McDonald. Guys like uh, Washington going to have to get some one-on-one separation to make some plays. And so Pittsburgh really looking and impressive. And, Mike, when you look at the Tennessee side of the equation, they've got – You know, question marks at quarterback is Mariota healthy. That's always been a question mark since coming into the league. And now Ryan Tannehill, former Dolphins quarterback. All he's done is that six-year, 196 million-dollar extension he had from the Dolphins, that's gone to drain in the sewer. And so now what does Mike Vrabel do? They've got an opportunistic defense. They've got some great players on there, Jarrell Casey to Malcolm Butler and others on that defense and, of course, Kevin Byard. But Tennessee, where do they go from here in a very, very wide open now, AFC South? Oh, it's tough. I mean, because the division
1: is so tough, you're looking at them the, the, the being possibly the the worst team in that division, but it's by default. It's not because they're, they're, they're not going to make things happen and fall and, and, and out, but it's because of how tough that division is Houston Texas. I know they don't have a offensive line and Deshaun Watson's gonna be running for their life all season.
0: It'd be nice, Mike. It would be nice to just hand it off to Derrick Henry not offensive line and just bruise teams 50 times again. But I have, I have, unfortunately, it's, been a been team. <laughs> it's, a, it's a passing team, passing league. It's a passing league, but but to be honest, what you said, be uh, uh, that formula can actually work for Tennessee because they have a great defense. Right. They have a very good defense. So because because they have a great defense, they don't have an elite
1: defense, but they have a pretty good a pretty good defense to where they can run the football, control the clock. And, 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 and Mariota can play all that, and that defense can hold them to certain games. that defense is, is, is good enough to where, if, if they can score twenty, if they can score twenty-one points, they can win the They can win majority of their games. That's how good their defense is. You know, they have the, the great secondary they have one of my favorite defensive titles in the league, the Jarrell Casey. And, and it's just this a special team. And I, I want I, I, I'm intrigued to see the step that they take this year. You know, trying to trying to make it trying to make it
0: back into the playoffs. well. No, there's no there's no doubt, and, Mike. I think to me, their strength the strength of their team—is the trenches. I think they've got a great offensive line, obviously, you know, uh, led by Taylor Lewan. I mean, did he get paid, Mike? Yeah. Uh, you don't see we that don't in the play NFL. Play games, don't we, we don't see yeah. that in the NFL, Mike. Just offensive linemen yeah. getting paid like that. Taylor Lewan, one of the premier in his position, and then defensively, Jarrell Casey. Uh, a is a little bit hurt and banged up right now but defensively they can get after it as well and so I think the strength of their team is definitely the line of scrimmage. Our concerns is is that it'd be nice to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry you know, former Heisman Trophy winner he had a great year last season as well Mike but uh, unfortunately it's a, <laughs> it's a passing league, you gotta be able to make plays on third down, you gotta be able to de- be deceptive on first down. Think that we're gonna hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and have some play action and some movement off of that to get the Titans and the receivers going downfield vertically. And so that—that's my only concern when you talk about the Titans.
1: Yeah, I, I, I see, I you're saying. like, like I said, it's just the AFC is so competitive and so tight that you know it's, it's so hard. Like teams like the Titans who well, who can make the playoffs and are playoff caliber teams, Titans
0: fall on the shoulder of the stick because it's just so competitive on that side. Definitely there. From Tennessee, we travel to Kansas City. Nah, they've got one of the best barbecues, Mike. I don't know if you've been to Kansas City. you got to try their barbecue. They are known for their barbecue. But not only that, but they're also known for their ruckus, ruckus fans in Arrowhead. Probably one of the loudest stadiums, if not the loudest stadium in the National Football League to play. And it doesn't help because you're going into the Chiefs' kingdom with number 15 and Patrick Mahomes. But, now, a team that we really picked this season to really surprise a lot of teams. The 49ers won the game, obviously. You know, the, the two quarterbacks played the full first half. Second half, they rested, of course. So, their second and third strings really had a chance to make for their names for last-minute roster positions and roster cuts. But, Jimmy Garoppolo, after really struggling his first outing in Week 2, really, Week 3, really, really got it going. Guys... Like Marquise Goodwin, George Kittle coming off from a Pro Bowl season, and others sharing the ball around that beautiful spiral, gorgeous ball that he has coming. Being supposedly being Tom Brady's apparent and being a student of the Tom Brady for three and a half years really showed out. And the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, the uh, son of the great uh, Mike Shanahan from the Denver Broncos. A great offensive caller. We saw that with Matt Ryan, what he did in 2016, winning league MVP, getting guys like Freeman, Telvin Coleman, who's now on the 49ers offense. And so I think that his recipe is is they want to run the football. They want to do great play action off of that, get guys like Telvin Coleman on screen plays, and then let those speedsters that they have out, why Marquis Goodwin with his Olympic speed, get guys like George Kittle matched up, with smaller guys, DBs, and linebackers. And so Jimmy Garoppolo really looked good in that game. And so what's the ceiling this season for the gold rush in San Francisco? This team
1: can make the playoffs. That's how good they are. They can, they can definitely make the playoffs. Uh, I can see the possibility of getting to the second round depending on the matchups and, uh, and, uh, and who they have to run against the seedings and things of that sort. But this team can definitely get to the playoffs. I was telling people, don't overreact to what you saw from Jimmy G against the Denver Broncos. Not only did he go up against one of the best defenses in the league, he's rusty. He's coming off an entire season where he sat out. So he has to get his legs on him. He has to get acclimated. He has to get everything back. He has to knock that rust off. You know, when you you, you stop playing football for a long time, you just jump right back into it. You don't automatically look like Tom Brady. You got to start to scratch. You got to start to scratch and get back back into into the flow of things. And that's exactly what he did. He knocked that rust off. And he had a great game um, against the Kansas City
0: Chiefs. I mean, he only played a half, of course. But in that half, I mean, he was spectacular, was He was making plays. 15 the for fans. 19, so, Mike. That's great completion percentage.
1: Very good completion
0: percentage. The play action
1: was working very well. He was getting throws down the field. He was making great reads. Uh He made a couple of throws. I mean, I saw a couple, I saw one throw in particular where he was throwing down the way he was throwing into triple coverage. Yeah, he made a couple bonehead decisions but at the same time that's to be expected from a young quarterback who still you know just, still getting into the flow of things but for all in all I was a very impressed with way, what way, way he was able to do being able to match Patrick Mahomes and when he was doing on the other side of the ball it, it was special to watch and I, I tell, I'm telling you expect to see a lot of that from Jimmy G this year and more because I expect him to have a
0: I think they could be the playoffs and the second round depending on the matchup. Definitely there. The continuity with Kyle Shanahan has a great offensive mind with a guy like Jimmy G. The, the ceiling is, is only the cusp of what this 49ers team can only be good this year, but also years to come and perhaps decades. And, of course, <clears throat> we know John Lynch paid a stiff price, $137.5 million, man, for Jimmy G. They're really banking on him in San Francisco, in Levi Stadium. But Mike, kind of like what you mentioned on the defensive line, now it's time for all of those first-round picks to be something. And Mike, I'm, I'm preaching this, I'm preaching this now because the 49ers have really invested a lot in that defensive line. Solomon Thomas... Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa excuse me, the brother of, of Joey Bosa some say that Nick has better hands than Joey Bosa, how scary that can be Mike, how scary that can be, Nick Bosa has better hands than his brother Joey, we know how great of a premier pass rusher he is out there in LA and and, and, and guys like DeForest Buckner, and so I don't think they have um, what the Rams do in that NFC West, they don't have Aaron Donald or Clay Matthews Uh, just guys that, you know, with experience and that's been there for quite a long time know to just how to get around, you know, uh, offensive tackles. But I think when you look at, when you compare rosters on that defensive line, I think talent-wise, the 49ers, they probably have the best core of defensive linemen in that NFC West. You know, you pick Bosa, number two, you pick Solomon Thomas, number three. You pick DeForest Buckner, number four. I mean, all these guys are in the top five, and it's time for them to really breed into something. And so I, I think the strength of this team, on defensively at least, can be that front four. And so I think it's time for them to really get after the quarterback. It wouldn't shock me, Mike, if this team had 50-plus sacks this season. They, they've got some really, really nice and ascending talent in that de- defensive line. You're absolutely right, and one of the biggest components to having a great defensive
1: line is you don't have to bring blitzes all the time. That's it. When you don't have to bring blitzes, right. all, the, when you have to bring blitzes all the time, that, that allows your back half, your back half, your linebackers and your safeties and your corners to be able to play coverage, and that helps your defense a lot. So that that, that can let, that can really help out your secondary and help out the San Francisco 49ers defense to so where they don't have to bring all the pressure and they can cover the back half. And, just work off each other so you're absolutely right this defensive lack of can really turned this San Francisco's defense into one of the worst defenses in the league in previous and recent memory
0: to one of the best depending on how they perform on that, on that side of the ball definitely there wouldn't this is funny Mike a Giants fan who's talking about getting pressure with four and playing coverage with seven the guys like uh I know this makes you laugh this makes you smile right Guys like Michael Strahan, O.C. with you know, guys like Justin Tuck, you know what I'm saying? Getting pressure with four after Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, yeah. playing coverage with guys like Entrell Roll in the back, Prince and Wukumura. I know that makes you smile, Mike, doesn't it? it good times, man. Time. <laughs> oh, You're bringing you back your, you bring your memory, Sebby. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The Sebby Podcast Radio Show. We'll be back. We switch gears to the NBA. You're listening inside the studios at WNSC. (laughs) Let's. Hello everybody, how you feeling tonight? You know what we about to do, we on that namaste, yay yay ride, pride and honor. And you know where I'm recording that, right? Boss of internet, that shit. It's been a great, great week, and I want to say thank you guys so much for following me around the Orlando community. I've done the shoot, I've done the hippie hideout, I've been at members only, and you know where I've been this whole time, just hiding in the library with Jaden Visionary. I just have to say I thank you guys so much for tuning in with us, and keep, keep, keep pumping for the community. Hey, y'all! Sebi inside the studios of WNSC Coming to you live At here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show Streaming to you live Only here on WNSC Radio Mike The NBA has gone global The FIBA World Championships In China Are coming up The US has been in Australia For the last five days now Guys like Donovan Mitchell and others Really having fun and the down under I, I wish I, I wish my I, I wish I could get that little uh, that little Australian Australian uh, accent down under the down under well, anyways down under that's where the USA team USA was because they played back to back they played one of those uh, you know two exhibition games with, with, with Australia. Winning the first one, losing the first one. Winning the first one, losing the second one. You know, that second one was really alarming to me, Mike. We were talking about Australia potentially next year in the Olympics. We're having all their full roster. Guys like Dante Axel not playing, Ben Simmons not playing. They want to for sure focus on next season as well. But uh, maybe we might have took this Australia B team lightly because Patty Mills, I was watching that game, Mike. It was about 4 a.m. in the morning. The U.S. was really in a dogfight in the second game that they played uh, and, and down the stretch in that fourth quarter. Patty Mills scored 12 of his 30 points. I mean, this guy put Australia and the Aussies on his back. You know, Baines contributed very well. You had guys off the bench like Andrew Bogut. And then there was this guy named number four. I'm asking myself, Mike, this guy's... This guy's shooting the lights out. I'm like, is he in the league? Is this guy in the league? I mean, they had some... They, and I, I'm thinking, I was like, no, that's not Joe Ingles. He's a lefty. So who's this right guy coming off the uh, that is starting? Number five. I can't remember his, his jersey name. But, man, he was shooting the lights out. But the U- Team USA 78 game winning streak, um, that's, of course, international record. Uh... Their last defeat was, of course, that big debacle in 2004 with Ginobili, believe he scored 29 in that semifinal. Well, remember that Team Argentina won the gold medal. And so, 78 games straight, Team USA has been dominant. Dominant. I mean, just bombarding against all the teams, and they lose. And so, Mike, how do we look at this? Is this alarming to Team USA? This is obviously not the, the strong team, of course, but, you know. Uh, could this be a wake up call for Popovich's team, or did we just, you know, undervalue Australia's B team? So well, I, I don't know how to assess this, Mike. This is definitely, excuse me, it's definitely a wake up call. No, it is a wake
1: up call. I think that loss, the thing, think, think about the backlash that, that that USA team probably caught off of that loss. They probably. It's probably a lot of OGs like LeBron or you know Kobe or any of the big time OGs that probably hit those guys up and said, y'all really gonna break out streets like that?" Now I mean, you think about the flag that, that 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 USA probably caught; those young guys probably caught for losing that game. It was a wiggle call. That's all it was. It was a natural wiggle call. And majority of the mistakes that they that they made in that uh, game, I don't expect them to make the rest of the uh, the rest of the season the championship the tournament. I just don't see it because. We have the best players in the world. Yes, Australia played a great Patty Mills had a great game. Patty Mills had 30 points. I mean, he was making some shots every day. I mean, it was just, it was just, it's it like, how did they go in? I mean,
0: just uh, fade away, bank, bank, bank sat threes. I mean, it's just, it was just certain shots that he made. It was just, on certain days, you just got to tip your hat to somebody and say, yo, great game. That's a, a, a great game. And how thrilling yeah, is I this, said, Mike, against his own NBA coach and Mike Pavlovich's squad? Wow. Right. <laughs> Like, that's absolutely right. I, I just, I just, I just pay If anybody should know how to yeah, guard I, Patty and, I, and schematically come up with I, something I, for I, Patty, I, I, couldn't it be pop? <laughs> and, to be on, and to be honest with you, Sammy, they were guarding him very well. He was just making some very tough shots, Very tough shots over great
1: contested defense. I mean, you tip your hat off to a guy like that to say, you know, great shot, great game. You know, but I, I think. You know, Popovich is too smart. Uh, Brad Stevens is too smart. Steve Kerr is too smart, and this team is too loaded. Even though this is a young core, and this isn't the normal uh, big-time players that we're used to accustomed to seeing, I, think, I still feel like this team can can run away with it. They run away with this team, and this was just a wake-up call for them because they they don't want to lose another game. They want to continue to start another streak. They already started another streak when they beat Canada the, the other day by uh, 15 points. So I feel like. There was nothing but a wake-up call. It was a great a great game by Patty Miller in, uh, in Australia. They they, they they came in, they were motivated from the long. As they had the game before. So they already showed, USA already showed that they can beat them. I, I just, I, I see USA still handling their business and still doing their thing. All that was was a wake-up call. Sometimes we need that when you go into a tournament right there. And those are young guys, too. So the young guys, they, they probably were uh, anticipating, oh, this is probably going to be easy. You know, they got the first couple uh, big-time wins. Early in the early in the tournament, and they were dominated. So they probably was like, oh, and, and plus they had just beaten Australia by 16 points uh, a few days before, so a, a, a couple of nights before. So they probably was just thinking like, oh, this is easy. And sometimes for young teams, you tend to let you fill up the gas pedal, and they let them fill up the gas pedal in that second game against the motivated Australian team, and then backfired and came back on them. So I'm not I'm not overreacting too much. to I think it was nothing like but a wake up wake up call, and I think these young ballers. I gotta come back
0: strong and, and dominate the rest of the people. Definitely there, Coach Jay Wright of the Villanova Wildcats, as well, is on, on that roster, and he said that you just gotta tip your ass off to a guy uh, like that, just making all those self shots that Mike was saying there. Uh, this is interesting. The 12 man uh, roster came out, and uh, guys like me thought that it would either be a big or maybe a guard that would be left out. They had to, they were narrowed down to 13. And they finally announced their 12. But it, it was a weird way. Kyle Kuzma got hurt. And uh, his ankle injury is going to prevent him from participating from upcoming competition. So it's actually Kyle Kuzma and his versatility at 6'8 and his shooting off the bench that's left out. I thought it would be maybe a Derek White or maybe a Bam Adebayo that would be missing out. But in fact, it is Los Angeles's Kyle Kuzma that is out The roster has guys like Harrison Barnes, the four Celtics, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and, of course, Kimba Walker, who uh, should be the starter on the team. Uh, Marcus Smart is going to be the captain of the team, actually. Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, who arguably is their best wing defender, Brooke Lopez, Joe Harris with his shooting, and, of course, Mason Plumlee. So, Mike... This 12-man roster, what do you make of this? I, I, I love this 12-man
1: roster. I mean, it's no unfortunate that they, they don't have Kyle Kuzma anymore because, you know, his versatility all, as, a, as a wing defender and his, his scoring ability are definitely going to be needed. But, you know, he got to in the an injury. And, you know, there's no point in, waste, in having him on a, a roster spot where you can bring somebody else or You can bring somebody else healthier boys. So, you know, let, let him rest up. Let, let him get healthy and get ready for the game, get ready for this upcoming season. He got a big season coming up with the Los Angeles Lakers, so let him worry focus on that. But I love the tournament of they Angeles. Like you said, they have the four Celtics. Donovan Mitchell, I am expecting Big, big things from him. I think Jason Tatum will emerge as one of the top scorers on, and, and players on, on defense on both sides in this in this tournament. And I, I fully expect, I fully expect the USA team to, to make some big-time noise. And if we know Greg Popovich, we've known Greg Popovich for quite some time now. He's one of the best, if not the best, at putting players in the best position to be successful. And I, I see no difference with with this USA team. Uh he has a lot of a lot of a lot of key guys to work with, a lot of defensive guys. I think I think to be honest with you, this team is gonna win a lot of games on the defensive side of the ball. Also, uh, offensively, this is the, these are these are some of the best NBA players in the game, some of the most Side, they're going to be able to score the ball. But the where they're going to dominate teams and where they're going to suffocate teams is on that defensive side of the ball to set up some of that offense. So I think defensively, they, they're they very they're very loaded, and they can really make some noise, and that's what they're going to make their market by their mix, and that's what
0: they're going to lean on to get them this championship. Definitely there. Um, I, this is what stands out to me, the couple games I've seen. Especially that, that loss there. Um, their only all star on this team is Kimball Walker and boy Mike has he had a camp. I mean this guy I, I think if the US are gonna win a gold medal in this tournament in China, they're gonna be they're gonna go as this the, their guard play goes. And I believe Donovan the Donovan Mitchell and the Kimball Walker backcourt to me is obviously I, I think that, you know, that's what's going to be the starting rotation. But I think that, that the Donovan Mitchell and the Kimball Walker high pick and roll or just let them survey uh, and, and make a play, I think that's what's going to lead this team to to the promised land because Kimball Walker, I mean, he's the lone guy. I, I think when push comes to sub, if they were to play or meet maybe Giannis in a semifinal or a quarterfinal, if they were to meet up another Patty Mills, um, You know Exhibition Just shooting the lights out Or maybe Serbia And and they needed a bucket I think Kemba Walker would be that guy I I think You know The games that I've seen Just the way that You know How he manipulates uh, Defenses Whether that be guards And how he gets switches And just toys And plays around with bigs And so He's really taking Full advantage of that And Donovan Mitchell Has made a living In that free throw line elbow area And so I, I think The success for the U.S. team, USA, is going to come from that guard play on their rotation. But on, on on the bench, I think Jason Tatum can really help this team. Jason Tatum as well as Harrison Barnes, they come off the bench, and if they can knock down some shots, Jalen Brown can be that anchor defensively. I think that's where they can be. Another key guy to me as well is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is going to have to play a key role in this because we I, I, we were suspecting that, you know, Tucker uh, from the Houston Rockets would play that, that power forward position, playing that small ball that he normally does under Mike D'Antoni. Well, Tucker didn't make the team. He chose to opt out and go back to Houston and focus on the regular season. And so I think that's going to be the role that Jay Wright, Steve Curry, Brad Stevens, and Popovich puts Chris Middleton. And so he's going to have to deal with, with the bigger Giannis's, the potentially in switches with uh, Nikola Jokic. And so I think that position, his versatility and how he can step out and, and and hit some jump shots and take them out of the paint is going to be huge as well. And so uh, this is going to be very interesting, very interesting in China, Mike, uh, uh, for sure. Do you, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it is gonna be very interesting, and I, I'm 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 intrigued to see how they respond and how they continue to grow with each other. And like you said, with these four Celtics on the team, we're really getting a glimpse of what the Celtics are gonna look like this season, especially when we see all four of them on the floor at the same time. If that if that happens, I mean, it's it's gonna be special. It's gonna be intriguing, and I think I really think that the best thing that happened to them was the fact that they lost Australia. And let them know that hey this isn't as easy as it might have seemed over these last two years. Yes, yes, our USA teams made it look easy. Um, you know, with that, how dominant we've been over the years. But a lot of that was because of the work that they put in and how well they played together and how they fed off each other. And they took every game like they took every game serious. And I think that was that the best thing that happened to them was that loss and they'll capitalize off of it. You know, you saw
0: how they played against Kansas the other day and I think they're going to continue to do that in China and, and so on and so forth definitely there so best of luck to Team USA out there in China in all of their endeavors as they start their FIBA World Cup championship early here in September and we go back to the States where a couple of days ago Mike Karis Levert got that big extension from the Brooklyn Nets well deserved for him instrumental off the bench last year, about a dozen points off the bench, fully healthy now now with KD now with Kyrie Irving you know, KD without, you know, himself uh, he probably will miss all of next year and having guys like Jared Allen, who's one of the premier shot blockers in the NBA, Keris Levert was definitely a guy that you know, Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson had to lock up future reference and they see the 25 year old man on his birthday what a birthday gift is that they gave him a contract extension they think that he will be instrumental in their success for the next three years You're what? You, good move by the Nets right well, No, no 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 70. it's a great move I
1: love Paris I love I love everything about his game he's he's got the handles he can get a flash to the paint he can knock down for over the jump shot um, he, he's a great player, and he continues to get better as time goes on. You know, you can tell that in the off season he works on his game a lot. He plays in a lot of tournaments, and he, he's, he's, he's big out there in Brooklyn. They love him in Brooklyn. I mean, think about it, Sammy. The combination of Ken, Ken, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are special. Don't get me wrong, it's very special. But one of the most underrated combinations on this team is Kevin Slavert and Spencer Finwitty. The fact that you finally got both of these guys locked up together at the same time, especially when
0: he signed this contract after all uh, the game that he had against Philadelphia. Brooklyn's going to be a problem, Mike. Bruce, I, I, it's it's crazy that you brought that up now and, and, and that I'm listening to your take here. And I'm like, oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> Whoa. Off the bench. I mean, that is just instant offense. It's over, but I, I think
1: Carol's the worst going to start at shooting guard. But I think Spencer Dewey is still going to come off the bench and fulfill so that.
0: Kenny Atkinson are basically banking and said, we have three years. Obviously, Durant signed a four-year contract, but all the next year, he's not going to be here. So theoretically, it's three years, you know, with Kyrie Irving and him. And so they're the one team in the Eastern Conference that can say, we have two legit superstars that we can surround with a complete roster, right? No team in the Eastern Conference can say that. Obviously, Giannis has himself in, in Milwaukee. Uh, Joel Embiid has himself in Philadelphia. I wouldn't consider Ben Simmons a superstar yet. Oladipo is ascending himself, but we don't think he's a superstar. He's a very, uh, he's a, a notch, a tick over an all star, I believe. Orlando doesn't have one. Uh, you know, the Celtics only have an all star. And so the Brooklyn Nets are the only team in the Eastern Conference that can say we have two legit superstars. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to surround them with piece supplementable, supplement pieces that are going to tailor their game and make us a deep roster. Because we don't want to be dependent on Kyrie and KD in three years from now. Because they know their championship window right now is is now. Obviously, they're going to sell out seats. It's Brooklyn, it's Jay-Z, it's Kyrie, and it's KD. I mean, they're already going to sell out seats. But if they want to win games, they're they're saying... We don't want to have the Barclays Center to just sell out for just a show. We want them to sell out for us to compete for championships, for us to host Game 1s in the NBA Finals. And so I think they're banking on that. They know that the championship window right now in New York City, they know they own New York City for the next three or four seasons, and they're, they're making the most possible. They're locking Spencer ready. They're bringing veterans like DeAndre Jordan in to nurture Guys like Jared Allen as a great rim protector. They're bringing other guys in, supplementable guys. Shabazz Napier as a backup, and so this Brooklyn team, Mike, <laughs> it's it, it looks it, it's coming along like okay, they might just be the next dynasty in about three or four years because I mean, my goodness, this this nucleus that they've that they've built and. Is, is fast and one can say now we're looking back at it now. The the, the Nets won the, the the Celtics straight, didn't they? Yes, yes they did. They they, they absolutely wanted. Yeah, I, I, I would I would definitely say they it, You know
1: because you know when you, when you look at when you look at the totality of everything and you know you see you see how how Kyrie. I think I think it's really I think it's really it's really gonna make all make sense. Now that Kyrie doesn't have Kevin Durant this year and he gets to do it by himself for the first year and he has to learn around all these all these young young stars that they have on the team. And I think it's really gonna show that. I think right now it, it does not hold it's not holding much weight because there's a lot of people out there that are still uh are holding on the fact that he didn't play well
0: Michael Gray Kyrie Irving to have one of those league MVP years with the Brooklyn Nets and and and, and that's not a bad pick Mike because he's not going to have the services of Kevin Durant the first year or he's going to have all of the ball handling duties and a guy like Steph Curry as well he should be in contention as well but the Brooklyn Nets for sure Mike I mean maybe not this year I, I, I think you know They'll probably be getting in the playoffs, probably get a first-round ride, but the next three seasons, Mike. This should be a lot of fun to watch inside the Barclays Center in Jay-Z's backyard, the Sebi Podcast radio show. For myself and Michael Gray, and a very late evening in the East Coast, you want to say so long from now, inside the studios of WNSC. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes, have no fear. The SEBI Podcast Experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan